Yeah. <laughs> Didn't eat white castles. <clears throat> no, no. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Graveyard Smash. Why? God damn it. How do you want me to say it? You can fucking love, say it next I time. I love your intros. Keep okay. Going. Yeah. All right. Uh, Josh Burling's back. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Elise is here as always. Mm-hmm. Well, say something. You can't just go. Mm-hmm. I'm here. All right. So uh, this week we're doing Get Out, if you haven't noticed by the episode title and the track you downloaded or streamed off of wherever. Um, People just tune into the show on the radio sometimes, <laughs> yeah, right? right? <laughs> Thinking about their teeth fillings. Yeah. yeah. So we're doing the movie Get Out. Uh, I highly recommend you watch this movie. We all do. We thought it was really good. But uh, we will be giving away most of the plot and the ending. <laughs> and, so. and if you haven't seen it, you have to stop listening right now. Yes. Because yeah. this is the kind of movie where... Once it's ruined for you, like you can't, you'll never be able to go back and watch it without Correct. it being horribly ruined. Yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So not that out of the way. Bruce Willis is a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> He's a ghost. <laughs> Side note: Ryan Eggert ruined that for me. Have you ever met Ryan Eggert? I think so. Totally yeah. ruined that for me. Right after the movie came out, it, it was just awful. So yeah. Oh, good. Cool. Cool. Hi, Ryan. He's not listening. Okay. <laughs> so the movie opens on a street. It's at nighttime. Ooh. It's, uh, it's in sub- suburbia. And there's a black guy. It is a spooky opening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so, more of um, a... The beginning of this movie is more of like a standard horror movie feel than probably yeah. the rest of it, you know? Yeah. Right. It feels very... Yeah. Yeah. And... Um, there's a oh sorry go ahead yeah no there's a black guy walking down the street he seems to be looking for something that he can't find like an address or something like mm-hmm. and based on what we know later he's probably got sent to like a fake address right yeah and he right. just can't find it the sports car rolls up and uh, oh boy just gets abducted which which the, and what I what I love about this interaction right off the bat is it's something that this is what someone should do. In a situation like this, which is not what normally happens in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Normally, someone in a horror movie does someone something like real stupid. Right. And he's walking down the street, sports car pulls up, and he just turns around and goes, nope, not me, not tonight. And he just turns <laughs> around and starts walking the opposite direction. And you're, uh, it's me, the first time I saw this, I was like, okay, this is going to be a different movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and... It's a black dude by himself, like, in the suburbs. He makes a comment. Some white guy's kind of trailing him. Mm -hmm. It sets the tone for the rest of the movie because the social context that he's probably... We assume is it, he assumes oh, he's it's going also to be like harassed. let's be clear this is like a hoity-toity suburb. Oh, yes, okay. yeah. and and also. Um, you know, it's also really good because it, it sets up the rest of the. It takes a while for the rest of the movie, like sort of the main plot. To get going in a certain sense. So all these scenes hang with this menace of how does this scene relate to the right. rest of the movie yeah. hanging over it. And it's not until later on. Which is like a device that's used in a lot of horror movies. But I think when you pile on the social context, too, it's like double. Yeah, and I mean, the know? guy in the car driving, probably the, definitely the brother. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, we see the helmet in his car and the car itself yeah. like, later on. Yeah. So. yeah, credits roll. Elise doesn't like me talking about credits, so we're just going <laughs> to... Although, yeah, I would like to talk about these credits. Yes. Because these credits have, I think, what may be one of my favorite theme songs from So good! And, and it's cool because uh, listening to Jordan Peele talk about it when he was talking about his... Um, the guy who was doing his score, he basically described it as... 
you know, we have issue with anytime black voices are heard singing in a movie, they're always really positive. And he's like, I don't oh, want, yeah. I don't want positive black voices here. I want something creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Describe it as, what did he say? A satanic Negro spiritual. <laughs> That's what he's wanting. Right. I want this. And as soon as that music starts playing, what it made me think of is it made me think of more like, um, like deliverance or something like that because yeah. you see all the tr- they're driving it's that shot of driving through the forest mm-hmm. and it's really spooky kind of like I don't know um, like earthy sort of like voices yeah. and it, it, it yeah. brought more of the menace that we saw in that initial it, scene it really like yeah, the, stirred it up for us the yeah. score has a bit of like Philip Glass feel to it yeah. too uh, combined with like kind of the exorcist too mm-hmm. like that Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. kind of thing, <laughs> a little bit. So um, then we're introduced. It's a very catchy song, too. Yeah. 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 We're, okay, sorry. Oh no, no, I'm, that's fine. You got something to say? Say it. Say it. Just that the song was catchy. All right. The song was catchy. <laughs> All right. So then we're introduced to um, Allison Williams and Chris. Um, they're like kind of a hip interracial urban couple. You know, he's a photographer that's established like right away. Mm-hmm. He's you a know. successful photographer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he can make. That's what he does. It's not like, like it's literally his job. Yeah, right? yeah it's not yeah. like oh, he's a photographer um, who also tends bar. It's like <laughs> his job is being a photographer. Well, it, it, uh, like this first scene, the, the one of the things I think that I, I was talking to you about, Dan, is is you know Daniel Kaluuya who plays Chris, got nominated for Best Actor. And this first scene is a real representative of what the rest of the movie is, where it's like if he won Best Actor, he might be the best actor who had the least amount of lines in any movie yeah. that an actor was nominated for. I mean, Allison Williams says 95% of the words in this yeah, first scene. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and he just says, like, yup, yup, yup. So much of it's just facial expressions right. and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Brando in The Godfather. He wasn't really in that movie very much. Actually. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, 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 just yeah. one off the top of my head. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've been thinking about it since you said it before we recorded. So. But yeah. I want to talk really quickly while we're on the subject about the acting in this movie of um, him and then the and I don't know the actors' names, but the people who played Georgia and the the groundskeeper grandpa guy later in the movie and and the other um the other i guess uh, what's his face yeah the 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 other guy the guy in the opening scene yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. um are all the expressions that like the emotions that they express where you see flashes of who they really are underneath like this uh, the Stepford wife mm-hmm. Vale mm-hmm. is so effective and disturbing. Especially and, when it goes away. Yes. When it goes away, it's oh no, they're, well, they're trapped again. Yes. Now. And like, then when you know where they are and yeah. the way they're well, communicating they, that they with talk just like expression. Old white people, or yeah. I also wrote down later in here, they talk like um, characters in a video game RPG. Where they only have so many voice actors. <laughs> and so, like, you know, if you're talking to, like, you know, a bug man, he might have, like, hey, I'm the bug man. But, you know, if you're just talking to the, the town elder, you know, some random NPC who's like, yeah, there's ten rats, you gotta go kill them. 
they all kind of sound the fucking same. And you play this game for a hundred hours, and it's like you start to notice it's a these. Super things. relatable in algae for me. <laughs> well, yeah. I just mean they, they have this like it's like it's they use contractions, but it's almost like when you talk to someone who doesn't, yeah. like Pete Campbell right. and uh, Mad Men, where it's like this weird affectations. Oh my God, I love. I wrote Pete down. Talks. I wrote down His some of the lines. Bastard. <laughs> I wrote down some of the lines later, you know, where it's just like they say things like "funny business," which like mm-hmm. no. No black person at the age of eighty would say, you know, right. they'd say foolishness. Well, and, they, and but, but even even outside of the the people in the sunken place, yeah. and, and Chris, there's so much there's so much performance in this film in, in, on people's faces. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Bradley Whitford, Kathleen Keener, Caleb yes. uh, Landry Jones, who is the creepiest motherfucker in the history of film. I think right now, like, oh my god, he's amazing. All of them have so much going on in their faces because yeah. there's so many layers of interaction going on. And when you've, you haven't you have seen the movie, you're, you're not like, picking up on You're not picking it. up on no. it, but then the second time you see it, yeah. or the third time you see it, it's or like so at least rich. the fifth time you see it. <laughs> like, there's so much richness there. There's so many things yeah. you get picked up well, on. Well, and, and, it's and I know, because I've always seen this twice, but the first time I saw it, Loser. so much of... <laughs> You're not even prepared. <laughs> you're trying, like, part of it is you're trying there to been, figure out... There have been two sick days with the baby that I've taken that I've watched this movie. <laughs> but so much of it is, um, you know, I saw it in the theater and I just saw it for this recording, but, like, it's so uh, a little fresher, like, in that sense, but, like, it's, um, the first time you see it, you're you're trying to figure out what the hell's going on all yeah. the time, especially with that opening mm-hmm. scene and yeah, then right. the rest of you know kind of what's happening. I am so glad that we saw this movie at the theater before it could be at all spoiled for us, yeah, because it really would ruin the first time you watched it. Mm-hmm. Well, hopefully, you've stopped listening by now <laughs> if you haven't seen the movie yet. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so um, they establish that they're going to go meet her parents for the first time. He says, "Who, they, who would have voted for Obama again a, a third time?" Which, yeah, which third means time. you're not racist. Yes. <laughs> To right. absolve you of any racism, shame, and he's like a black yeah. friend. Right, Obama's right. my black friend. <laughs> yeah. He's like, do you know? Do they know I'm black? It's like, no. Why should that matter? It's like, well, you know, they're old white people. You should maybe mention it. Right. Yeah. Um, which, which, you know, it, it, that's a thing I think that comes back again and again and again is is the the idea of you know a, a black man living in American society is like. There are a whole bunch of different things that I have to deal with all the time that have just become a part of who I am as a person. Right. And that would never even occur to a white person. Right. And but but it's the other part about it too, which is but because they don't occur to you, that doesn't mean they're not important. Right. Right. And, and that's right. basically what she's doing constantly. She's trivializing like his his life, the yeah. way that he lives, his the way experience. that he has to yeah. be. And she's like, oh no, but it, my parents aren't like that. And he's like, nah, yeah, they okay, are. whatever. I mean, they are. You know, <laughs> They're but, going to be. I mean, it's fine, yeah. I guess, whatever. Yeah. And I think that's also, um, we'll kind of talk about this stuff as it goes on, but, you know, the movie, a lot of it's about white liberals. Yeah. And not just, because it would be so much different if it turned out that they were like secret neo-Nazis or something. Right. And you could have even had a scene with everything being the same where, you know, after, you know, the big twist where they're trying to, mm-hmm. you know, um, now, body snatch. Okay, it. I have a question. Yeah. yeah. And, and and to that point, when later, and sorry, I'm jumping around again. No, but it's fine. Bradley Whitford is talking about... Um, I'm the one who's seen this movie the most times. I know none of the characters' names. <laughs> oh, man. Bradley Whitford is talking about like 
um, at the Olympics. My, my dad's claim to fame was beat by Jesse Owens in the qualifying round for the Berlin Olympics in 1936. Those are the ones where... Well, Owens won in front of him. Yeah, what a moment, what a moment. I mean, Hitler's up there with all his perfect Aryan race bullshit. This black dude comes along, proves him wrong in front of the entire world. Amazing. But he, I feel like that's, like, sincere. That he yeah. does think that Nazis are full of shit. Yeah, I, I think so, so right? too. Like, am I right in that reading that he was like, that's not what he sees himself as. He I, probably sees himself as not well, racist. Well, it's, 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 it's the argument that they try to make yeah. is that we're taking the best parts of you and yeah. the best parts of us and putting them together to make the best human being we can be. Yeah. It's just that your brain doesn't matter as part right. of that equation, right. though. But your body is amazing. Yeah. And God created this and yada, yada, yada. And Right, yeah. but that's just... You're not, that, you're not like, treating me like That's like human. literally the definition <laughs> <Yeah>. of tokenism. <laughs> right. Like, literally. Yeah. Well, it's, it gets a lot of that stuff, too. Like, whenever I criticize Milo Yabadabadapolis <laughs> on Facebook, I get someone who's like, you know, he, he, he dates black guys. And it's like, that doesn't mean he's not racist. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, the, like going he, back to the Civil War... probably means he hates himself. That's probably what it yeah, is. Yeah, like, going... Like, Strom Thurmond has a black daughter... Like yeah. Out of wedlock, it's like he right. ran on a segregation ticket. He's racist, right? Yeah. Like you know that, or like um, think like the NFL, like how they always like oh, oh they talk about like with white players how it's like oh they're hardworking, you know, the mm-hmm. smartest, and, and with black players like God given talent, well spoken. Well, yeah, oh, that's God. like yeah, right. But like so with the NFL really too, right. it's always it's a like God given talent. He's just raw, natural, and yeah, then like right. white players, they always talk about how working they are, scrappy, right, and. You know. Well, and they, I mean, even in here, there's all all these references to the buck, to the the male deers yes. that are in this. Like the for those of you who don't know your uh, racial uh, epithet history, um, you know, a buck is a relatively racially charged way to refer to a male black man, mm-hmm. a male black man. I couldn't have sounded whiter <laughs> saying yeah. that. I don't think. I don't think I could have sounded whiter. Um, but you know they they but they re-reference that again and again and again. Throughout yeah, the movie. yeah, definitely. And right here, it kind of ties into they hit a deer on the road right. on the way out there, and uh, we get one of these scenes that's really great because the cop asks for Chris's ID, and, mm-hmm. and Allison Williams is like, oh, he wasn't driving. What's right? The big deal. And, 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 and the first time you watch it, you just think that it's like this cop's a racist. And it does two things here, and, and she's defending him. Yes, yeah. right. But she doesn't want his ID to be in the police records. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. You saw the movie five times. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? But, but also at the she's end, she's just trying to cover his own, her own. Right. Ass, yeah. But also at the end, when you see the cop car, it also put, makes it more menacing. At right. The very yes. end of the movie. Oh yeah, right? yeah. He's trying to, yeah. you know. I also wanted to touch on too. Um, when they hit this deer, it goes like flying into the woods, and he walks out to look at it, and it's alive and it's kind of twitching. So its eyes are open and aware, but it looks like it's maybe been paralyzed or something, mm-hmm. and it can't mm-hmm. move. And so, and that's you know, I mean, obviously it's an image that comes back a lot, but it's obviously an important foreshadowing later. Well, and. The, the connection to, which we don't learn about until way later in the movie, to his mother, mm-hmm. where basically yeah. that's the situation that she was in, where yeah. she got in a, a hit-and-run accident, she yeah. was on the side of the road, and you know he blames himself for her death, and this is the first thing... 
that kind of like reawakens that memory for him as he goes into this weird ass encounter with these crazy white people. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> then he meets her uh, parents. Her dad immediately starts talking about how deer are like rats and how <laughs> they all need to be like. It's very like it's a little uh, thinly veiled <laughs> racist tirade. <laughs> right? It was really, really yeah. weird. Um, how this guy long? Really hates deer. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's talk about something else. How long has this been a thing? He says that what too. That, like thang, thang. <laughs> how long has this been a thang? Like, Bradley Whitford plays creepy. I'm not a bad guy. Liberal white racist. Well, so well. Yeah. Well, it's good too. I think. Like, I don't think it's an accident. Like Bradley Whitford is like one of his best known roles. He's on. He was on roles that's on the West Wing, mm-hmm. which is like kind of. I mean, at least until Obama got elected, the peak of baby boomer liberalism, like how they saw the world. It was a show about where there was a perfect president who didn't do anything <laughs> when he was in office. And there was no major legislation ever passed. It was just about, like, politics. It was very much of, like, the Clinton. People walking down hallways. Explaining. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Meeting parents is scary to begin with if you're in a relationship mm-hmm. for like the first time, and uh, it, so this seems like really well done and everything. Yeah, yeah and, and that's where you get the you get the so much of the you know like the geography of the house starts yeah. getting like laid out for you. Where yeah, it's like, the first room he shows him is oh, and here's the den, and that's where you know he gets dropped in the sunken place, yeah. and then it's like, and then here's a picture of my dad running the in, Olympics, in, in the Berlin yeah. Olympics where he gets beaten by Jesse Owens, the watershed moment of his life, right? Yeah. Which, <laughs> which Bradley Whitford's character makes it seem like it was this really proud moment yeah. for him, but. We get hints later on that no, yeah. no, he probably was super angry yeah. that that happened, and he spent his entire life trying to get back at mm-hmm. an entire race of people. <laughs> but whatever. Um, and then we make it into the kitchen. Yeah, you know. Well, and then and on the way they're like, "Oh, that's the basement. It's closed." Oh yeah, it's closed. Black mold. Yeah, yeah. sealed off. Anytime something that's another one. Right? Yeah, something like that happens. That's a very much like a. Gun and Act One sort of right, thing, where yeah. it's like, oh yeah, nothing ever happens in the basement. Let's move on. Yeah, <laughs> well, like, especially in horror when they plant those seeds. Well, players, especially like, the, the right. hint there you know too gonna, is everything like something horrible is going to happen. Right. It's been happening in that basement. Everything in this house is fucking perfect. There's no way they were like, yeah, Black Bull, just close the door. Yeah, <laughs> forget about it. We don't even have to worry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's a rich person house too. If you oh, haven't yeah. seen the movie, the yard is as big as like this entire neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then my one of my favorite lines is when it's like, "This was my mother's house and her kitchen, and so we always want to. We, we felt we had to leave a little part of her in it." Yeah. And then that's when we're introduced to, to Georgina, Georgina yeah. who is their help. Yes. Um, and also his, his mother. mother. <laughs> <laughs> we find out later. Right, we yeah. find out later. Georgina has his mother's brain. <laughs> After all, isn't there a little odor in all of us? <laughs> In fact, you you might even say we just ate Uter and he's in our stomachs right now. Yeah, and he he you know t- he's talking to Chris. He, um, he explains he's like, yeah, it probably looks bad. We we're a white family, black servants. But they took care of my parents. Right. We just kind of kept them on more for charity than anything else. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I thought it was interesting too. This is when we find out too, like you know, Chris is an orphan, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's you know also kind of plays this thing. They're planning on abducting him. Someone who doesn't have parents, you know, it's less likely you'll have someone who will, you know, fight to, you know, the end 
you know, mm-hmm. to, to find him. To find you, you know. Right. He's got friends, but they've got their own lives too. They've got their own parents, and you know, he'll be missing, and it could be a thing. But he doesn't have as a close of a family connection. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't. <laughs> well, and we find out later too, like the um, Dre, who was the guy in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. He's been missing for six weeks, and it didn't seem like anybody really cared. Well, that's. That's actually another thing that's actually like a big problem in this country right. is right. the way like missing black people, specifically uh, specifically black girls, are compared to like white girls. Where right. it's like you know they disappear and people are like, oh man, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, yeah, time to move on. No one has and no one has the resources <laughs> right. in their lives. And they like they you don't saying. have yeah. Uh, they also that's also where they first introduced the idea of hypnosis for to get rid of Chris's. Well, they wouldn't habit. want him smoking. Right. Right, because they'd also which, want it. Which right, they get want a better price body, for him. They want his body their, to be like perfect at their mm-hmm. slave auction. And, right, and yeah. Their slave auction. Well, yeah. and I mean, I haven't had a cigarette in about five years, and I can just say it's like really easy to quit smoking. So I don't see what the big deal. is. <laughs> so, no big deal at all. Yeah, um, but that's also the scene because when they're sitting outside, that's the first time that we get a hint, a really clear hint of. There's something going on inside the heads of Georgina and right because they mentioned the hypnosis, so you start thinking about it more too. But then, but that's when Georgina first like that's when she yeah. spills the iced tea. Yeah, mm-hmm. where her her face gets kind of weird, and you're like, okay, something's happening there. Yeah. But at the same time as the hypnosis being discussed, you think, oh, they've hypnotized yes. her. That's yeah. what's going. Yeah. So some weirdness is going on here. Mm-hmm. Some kind with, of brainwashing <coughs> hypnotism type. Right. And yeah. with Chris's friend talking about. Sex slaves. Yeah. Like, oh, they're sex slaves. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hypnotize sex slaves. Yeah. Uh, then we have dinner. We're introduced to Jeremy, the brother, who's got a dirt lip. He, he is so... He's the best. He's a lacrosse douchebag. Like, he's the best. I actually... I don't know what prompted my first thought upon looking at his creepy dirt lip and just trashy demeanor. What's this looks like a guy. I wrote this down. Who dumpster dives behind an abortion clinic? <laughs> There's something just so sinister about yeah. him. He's so perfectly cast. He's just—he yeah. just made my skin crawl. Yeah, well, real and, Tucker Max vibe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and too, he's like—he's not in a weird way. He's not pretending at all. Like this is something Jordan Peele was talking about on his. I'm not going to pretend this is me. Jordan Peele was talking yeah. about this, but. He's the only one of this family who doesn't change. Like, he's a piece of shit in the beginning. Yeah. He doesn't pretend he's not a piece of shit. Later on, he's still a piece of shit. Now he's just a piece of shit who's going to take someone's brain. And he's (laughs) acting like a racist piece of shit. And embarrassing and... Uh, competing with and yeah, he says you an MMA fan, and he's like, not really. He's like, your frame and genetic makeup, you could be a beast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's just he's when he's just doing all these things to disrespect Chris. His family's kind of like, oh come on, but like excusing him for it too, which I I mean we've seen, you know, yeah. like there's people who that's the way they act and the people around them. But when they start getting uncomfortable, it's all in their faces. Nobody really says anything. But again, the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, she's upset because he's talking shit in front of her boyfriend. He's upset because he wants this young black man to think that he's an upstanding, woke, white, older man. The second time you watch it, they're like, shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> we want to steal his brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. And yeah. then Kathleen Keener comes in and just literally all makes it clear she's in charge of this family. When she comes in and shit starts to go crazy, all she says is, Jeremy. And everything stops. And he stands up and he's like, I wasn't going to hurt him. Grabs a bottle of wine, goes upstairs, and it's like, that's it. Yeah. Because... They all know. All she's got to do is clink, clink, clink. <laughs> and their ass in the sunken place and they're fucked. So everyone does what she says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, then we're, he, uh, Chris goes outside to catch a smoke uh, after, like, later on. They, they have, you know, some talk. She's like, oh, he blew my dad and everything. But then he goes outside to smoke. Mm-hmm. And you see the black groundskeeper running super fast. Yes. And, uh. You see uh, Georgina doing her hair. Like, well, can we talk about the run for yeah. a second? Yeah. He comes running at him, and at the very last second, takes like a sharp turn. Oh yeah! And after this movie came out, there were a lot of videos of people attempting that very feat. <laughs> <laughs> he runs a lot. Like the, you can imagine how it worked out. Many, with he runs Larry's a lot like the uh, T one thousand. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and it's the the example of both of the grandmother and grandfather like testing out their bodies. I know? can't. Oh yeah. So the grandmother, I like. Pick this Georgina, well, whoever her, whatever her name was before. Like, I'm assuming because she's young and beautiful. Yeah. Because she's checking herself out in the mirror right, right, and stuff. Right. Should have gotten in Pam Greer's body. That's who I would pick. Nice. <laughs> that was class. a high five, everybody. <laughs> but, yeah. like, that that was the moment, like, that it's so well done. It's just this like weird thing. Like, why is this guy running at right. him? You know, right. and the first time of you course see... it's the grandpa. You know, but I guess how you would make you that leap. You never put those I, yeah. pieces together in well-constructed movies like this. You never put those pieces yeah. together. But and it, later on, you feel like an idiot yes. for not putting right. those pieces yeah. together because they're so obvious. Mm-hmm. It's also like Georgina is. I remember the first time I saw it. Like the kind of the creepiest part to all this, mm-hmm. even more than the groundskeeper. Yeah, it's just she seems. I don't know. When she cries because Chris says to her, I get nervous when it's so many white people around, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. Like, going back, because you know there's that moment of that real girl in there, you Mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. And that that thing he said somehow struck a chord and pulled, you know, her personality forward. And it's... It's a tough moment, you know, yeah. on rewatch. And uh, so he goes and Chris goes back inside, and uh, Catherine Keener is like, oh, come sit down. Come into my parlor, said the spider <laughs> to the fly. And she's stirring her tea, and she's um, uh, talking about the day his mom died. And uh, so we get a lot of backstory there. It's a very mm-hmm. economical scene in that sense. Yeah. And it yeah. also, it's probably close, it's closer to actual hypnotism than anything you usually mm-hmm. see in a movie. But again, it's another scene where if you go back and watch it, like Kathleen Keener does most of the talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, Daniel Kaluuya only says like, yes, no, I'm paralyzed, I can't mm-hmm. move. Like, he doesn't really talk that much. Yeah. And I think it goes to like what you were saying about, I bet if you looked at his lines, probably 40% of his lines are spoken to other black people. Mm-hmm. Even though there's only four interactions that he has with other black or five interactions he has with other black people mm-hmm. but talking to his friend on the phone talking to Rod on the phone and talking to other black people who he, he meets at their house that's all he does but when he's around white people it's I'm going to say as little as I can it's going to be very even the woman he's in love with 
yeah. you can't say more than like mm-hmm. five words around her. Well, she never shuts up. She never shuts the fuck up. Think you were on girls? I get it. Great, move on. Yeah, he sinks to the floor crying. Um, you know, that's a pretty iconic scene from the movie. It was like on the posters and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, he wakes up and it's kind of like, oh, I had this weird dream. I think your mom might have hypnotized me, you know? All yeah. the acting he does, speaking of him not having that many lines during this hypnotism scene, is amazing. Again, like just facial expression acting. I want to talk about the sunken place for a second. Sure, yeah. Um, I don't remember if it. If it was um, Jordan Peele or if it was talked about elsewhere, but I've heard it talked about the sunken place is kind of this place that, you know, a marginalized person sometimes exists in, mm-hmm. in like a white dominated society where they're seeing these things happen to them, mm-hmm. but they're never acknowledged. So they're just kind of existing and unable to kind of act out. Yeah, they have no autonomy. They yeah. They have no, yeah, anything. Things just kind of happen to them and around what them. What an ama- And that's like what I always talk about too, like with sci-fi or horror, uh, you know, w- the ways that, you know, the, and I know I've talked about this on this podcast before, but like, you know, the Twilight Zone would talk about race or, you know. Race, the Cold War, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. You know, back when nobody else was doing that in pop culture, you know. It, well, the, on primetime television. Yeah. yeah. Well, what I think is interesting about this movie is I haven't heard any blowback because from the sort of why isn't there a white entertainment television crowd? <laughs> right. Yeah, right. It's okay. like I, I think they don't get it. Yeah, like this, this is a popular movie. Like you know the <clears throat> and cultures of the world. I don't think can wrap their head around it, or maybe part of it's because they're it's taking on liberals too. Like. But, but I don't. The, I don't know that they picked up on that. No, I, I, it's it's just like the dumbest fucking people don't yeah. know that they should be upset that this movie's out there. I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just and I, I think some of that is one. It's like a genre picture, so it's not like not just taking like, it seriously. Not taking it as seriously. Like it's message, even yeah. Its message is extremely important. Yeah, that's a, and but but also. But also, it's like a more subtle message than. Well, it's a more if, effective than a lot of other stuff, you know. Yeah, well, you, you have to think about it. It's I mean, not it's just like, like it's like this movie is right, you know, in like when we talk about like race relations, right under crash. Yeah. <laughs> fuck that movie. Yeah. We're like, uh, <laughs> fuck that movie. We're like, uh, remember when that, that movie, movie won the Oscar? Yeah, that movie sucks, balls, people. I hate that movie. It is the worst movie. Wait, we're not talking about the Cronenberg movie, right? No, no that movie's amazing. Yeah. People get turned down by car crashes. No, that movie's amazing. Yeah, no, or like, um, you know, like in the John Singleton's movie Higher Learning, I go back to that sometimes. It's like a movie where it's like it's supposed to be like kind of like oh, there's like some, but like the bad guys are Nazis. Yeah, right. So it's, it's yeah. just like, well, that's pretty black and white who the bad guys are. They're right. the neo Nazis, right? Mm-hmm. The neo Nazi white guys who hate black people. Right. Guys. Yeah. It turns out they're the bad guys in real life too. So yeah. So whatever. yeah. Um. So then he, um, Chris goes out to like talk to Walter, like, hey man, you were running like a crazy person, <laughs> and that's like the really creepy part where he talks like yes. an old white dude. She is lovely, isn't she? Rose? Here she is. One of a kind. Top of the line. A real doggone keeper.
Well, and you can't tell what's so creepy about him exactly. Right, Right. until you kind of find out that it's like, yeah, he has this sort of weird, um, you know, speech pattern and the words Mm -hmm. he uses and stuff. And it's that he's talking like an old white guy. He's talking really old white guy affectionately about Rose, Mm -hmm. which Chris immediately thinks, oh, he's got a crush on her. Right. And maybe it's because he is her grandpa, really. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's because, as we find out later, that this guy used to be Rose's boyfriend. And it's probably some weird combination of the two things, where it's... This body used to have sex with her, <laughs> and now her grandpa's inside of it. That's fucking fucked up. Uh, that is like so. I didn't put that together. I'm really creeped out now. And he, that is he also he also had just had this like look to. He seemed scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Walter did, and like he he just kept looking like he was worried that like Chris was going to hit him or something. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like, oh, I didn't mean to frighten you, and you know. Yeah. But then there's there's one line that he says here, which. Um, where he calls Rose top of the line. Yeah. Where he yes. refers to her as like top of the line. And the the what I thought was interesting <laughs> about that was that now that we know that it's her grandfather talking about her, it's almost a kind of hint to suggest that not only is he willing to commoditize black people, he's really willing he commoditizes just everyone. Yeah. yeah. Everyone yeah. is just a thing. Mm. To they're all a means to an end. I mean, like if you think about yeah. her and her brother basically were presumably trained since childhood to capture black people and bring them back to this house for torture and and brain transplanting. Like, they don't give a shit about them being people. They're not people. You are you're a tool for my needs. Yeah. Um and it's to be a really fast runner. Right. (laughs) I want to be a real fast runner. Here we go. So uh pretty much next notes I've got there's the party. The right. meet and greet, and it and works. It works on so many there's levels. Some, there's stuff like the people are sizing him up. Like, well, the I, first time you see it, it's like, it's like, it's just cringe-inducing. Like, oh my god, these like well, white, square, white racists. Getting worse. Yeah, well, there's, yeah, because there's worse. like, there's like the guy who's like, oh, do you go? He's like, not really. He's like, oh, I love Tiger Woods. Yeah, no, I know Tiger. I know Tiger. I know Tiger. Yeah. He's my black friend. Yeah, yeah. and know? then then there's why it's like Gordon loves Tiger. It's like <laughs> it's all supposed to be like, yeah, we're we're like you're black, and I know Tiger Woods. Well, the thing is, it's like you, you're watching it, and it's like not that big of a leap, you know, like. I'm just kind of thing mm-hmm. happens to black people all the time around like white people, you know, and then well, especially the thing is, it's also like you need like these are like very well-to-do white people. So if mm-hmm. they do know a black person, it's Tiger Woods or like Barack Obama, Obama. Oh, right. right? Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and and this whole sequence where you know the first people are like, oh, I know Tiger Woods, and then the second one is the woman with her husband who's in a wheelchair where she's like feeling Chris yeah. up and like. Asking if he's got oh, a big dick yeah. or something like no, that. No, she says, is it true? Like, yeah. she's like Lily von Stuppen. Tell me, Shotzi, is it uh, true what they say about the way you people are gifted? Oh, it's true. Yeah, right. <laughs> asking Rose if her boyfriend's got a big penis. Yeah. So, yeah. again, that's another one where the first time you watch this, you're like, oh my God, these white people are so awkward and so crass it's, and so it, awful. But the second time you watch it, you're like, Oh, he wants his body he, because they he literally wants to be see able him as a piece of He me. wants to. And he wants. Yeah. She wants. She wants her husband he, to have this body so she can fuck it. Yeah, because all men want to have a bigger penis too. <laughs> That's so. the only thing they want. Yeah, and <laughs> right. but it's also like I do think it, it is like a racial thing, but it's also a bit of a class.
class thing too, because these are all mm-hmm. rich people. Right. I'm like, oh, I think it's definitely there's a there's a lot of stuff about class, but you know, uh, class separated by by race. Like, yeah, it, it's, well, it's both of yeah. it because it's it's also part of the thing too. I was actually just reading something today that's kind of tangential, and we'll just get right back in the movie about how like poor white people also. Um, are disproportionately targeted by the police too, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's like you know racism is still real. This isn't discounting that, right. but it's also like it's also just everybody. You yeah. know, yeah. if you don't well, have the ability a, to defend yourself, if you don't have the for whatever reason, whether it's you don't have money or you're marginalized as a race yeah. or you don't have a job or whatever it is, stronger people are going to prey on you. Yes. That's what being a human is all about. Yeah. And like you said, I'm not saying. There's not racism. Yeah. There is 100% racism. Yeah. You know. And that's um, what the movie's about. Right. Like, yeah. You know. Um, and then we're also introduced to Stephen Root, who is probably, now that uh, Bill Paxton's dead. There's movement all over the place. Probably my favorite character. <laughs> like Every time Stephen Root shows up in a movie. Or like, a TV Yay! show. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. It's going to be weird. <laughs> it's going to be weird and cool. <laughs> he's oh, like, blind again. Awesome. <laughs> like every like prestige TV show, it's like, ah, we'll have Stephen Root you know, do a couple episodes mm-hmm. here. That's yeah. awesome. He'll be a serial killer. He'll be like the chief of police. Gay vampire. Gay. <laughs> 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 One of those. Pick it out of a hat. <laughs> and uh, I thought you know, he's a blind art dealer, and he's like he he's talking to Chris, and he had vision, and he he lost it, and he's like he's talking about that, and I'm struck by two things there. One that this old ass white dude could still keep his job as an art dealer being blind. He's like, oh, my mm-hmm. assistant describes things to me. I was like, dude, if that was like anybody else, <laughs> like it's just like okay, your ass is on the curb, but like you have you know money and reputation to protect right. you. And he struck me, you know watching it again is like kind of the most cynical where he just kind of sees it for what it is yeah. he's like and he kind of says as much later on yeah yeah you know, right exactly all these people are like, like I'm gonna oh sorry they're all like pretending it's yeah. all pretense they're all whatever yeah. and he's just like he's pretty straightforward about he's like, like I want to see again and you have a gift and maybe I could get that if I take your eyes from you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'll take the rest of your body too I guess but I really only want your because I'm like this piece of shit rich person and I don't really see you as a human right And but at least I'm going to be straightforward yeah right, but everyone yeah, else is like kind of goofing around and like he says so later because they have a scene like right before they're going to do the brain swap where mm-hmm. he's just yeah. like He's like, yeah, some people think black people are cooler or stronger or whatever. He's like, I, I'm not like that. He's like, I'm not one of those racists. <laughs> I'm just... I just don't care about your life. At right. all. Yeah. So if yeah. it if it serves me and it means that you lose your life, I don't really give a yeah, shit. I don't give yeah. A shit. yeah. Chris goes upstairs, his phone's unplugged, even though he deliberately plugged it in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's when... Is that when he thinks Georgina's doing it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's yeah. like, Georgina, play my phone. She's creepy and as hell. And then that's the scene with Georgina. Where she cries. Where it's, a, it's, it's interesting because it's like, immediately when Georgina comes in the room, the first thing you know Chris thinks to himself is, fuck Rose. Yeah. Rose told on told Georgina that yeah. I thought she was doing it. Yeah. And so that's what you think as well. Again, yeah. the first time you watch it, you're like, fuck, Rose, don't step on his shit. This yeah. is not the way to do it. When the second time you watch it, you know that Rose went to Grandma and said, you got to... You got to explain why this is happening because he's starting to get suspicious yeah. about why his phone keeps getting right. unplugged. Um, we got and, the big surgery coming up, <laughs> right? And, and she, Georgina, <laughs> has scare him off. like the best. I think more than 
uh, Chris's close up when he falls in the second place, like you were saying, Elise. Yeah. Her close up when she's yes. fighting and she says, No. No, 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 no,
cover. I don't know. That sounds right. Let's go with that. <laughs> I and actually get a copy of it. I actually saw it as like his professional photo. Yeah. Like I thought right. that could be his LinkedIn photo. Oh yeah, his you know? LinkedIn photo. Yeah. I, like I bet Rose took it for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Probably did the fucking bitch. <clears throat> Rose? Well, and that scene's intercut with him talking to Rose in the woods. He's just like, let's get out of here. And she's like, no, you're being silly, blah, blah, blah. And then she's like, okay, okay no, I'll, I'll, let's go. After he tells her what happened with his mom. Yeah. yeah. About how basically she was left on the side of the road and he didn't do anything about it. And so she was there. And if someone would have been looking for her... She might have been saved, but because he just sat there paralyzed, like mm-hmm. in the sunken place, mm-hmm. um, you know, she died. And it's like again and again and again, it's Chris not doing something. Yeah. Saying that everything is okay, going along with what, you know, mm-hmm. the norms would suggest. And it's not getting him anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, but hope <clears throat> in his... Hope keeping him safe and unscathed. Right. It keeps him safe and unscathed, yeah. but it, it, it means that he's being tortured mentally right. by this image of his mother dying on the side of the road. Yeah. And it means that he's gotten into this situation. Like, even though he's being smart about it, like, if... if He's cut off at every he, turn, yeah. every good decision he tries to make. He's manipulated out of them. Right, and yeah. he just kind of goes along with it because of the same kind of conversations that happened in and the then, first scene where Allison Williams just basically trivializes his when, thoughts about stuff. And when you're watching this scene the, for the second time, and he says, crying to her, literally, you're all I've got, and she says, it's okay, we're going to leave, and you realize what a fucking sociopathic like <clears throat> monster she is. Huh? And she, because she completely, and at least for me, for the first viewing, I never doubted that she was like in on yeah, this. You know, I knew second. something nefarious was happening, but and, I yeah, never got minute, the sense because you know, yeah, not until minute thirty-eight of her fiddling for the keys. Yeah, all <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, then I was that's like, pretty funny. What's going on? Yeah, no. I mean, the first time you see, you don't notice it, but the second time, it's like a comically long time. She's yeah. looking for a key. It's like mm-hmm. if you cut it differently. Well, you, know, you get... think white girl searching through her giant purse <laughs> looking for keys, like a scene you've. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been um, audience too. He, te- he sends his, um, the picture of to Logan Rod. to yeah. Rod, and Rod's like, "Dude, that's that guy from that's the beginning Dre. of the movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. we've met him before. He, you know, he dated a friend of ours or whatever." Yeah, it's like, huh. And that, and then, then it's basically finally the escalation of, okay, we got to get out of here. But there's one thing that comes up here, which has, I think we've seen at least once, maybe twice by this point, the open door yeah. in her bedroom. And he goes over there <clears throat> and he goes through her old pictures. There's pictures of her with her Walter. Xbox. Yeah. Her, yeah. Oh, oh nice. <laughs> yeah, dude. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, there's pictures with the... Um, and he plays Station 4s. No, that's <laughs> terrible. Uh, One of the things I like I thought about, it would come to me as I said it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> One of the things I like about these photos is you see that she's donned all these different mm-hmm. personalities and costumes mm-hmm. to, like, nab these people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like with Chris. She was like this hip Kind of hipster sort of, uh, you know... Yeah, like an like a urban chic kind of right. style girl. Like goes to poetry slams. Yeah, you know. like with someone else, she looks like she's more of like a hippie type of girl. Right, you right, know, right, right. so you just whatever realize, fit 
for yeah. that person. Even and then the last picture is her with Georgina. Yeah. Where it's yes. like, oh, she'll do anything. Yes. Okay. She's just a total fraud, like her real dad. Brian nice. Williams. Brian Williams. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Bringing it all together. Please. All right. Dude, uh, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah. But th- this was actually one of the things that uh, Jordan Peele kind of ruined for me in the uh, the uh, commentary. Because in my, again, my headcanon, I always saw that door being open as Georgina. She's oh, yeah. leaving the door open yeah. in those little brief moments where she has some control. Yeah. Like every time she came in to unplug the phone yeah. or something like that. When she left... The woman who's in the back of the brain took over enough to just kick the door open a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, Chris, look in the door, mm-hmm. look in the door, look in the door. And I was like, yeah, I like that. I like that idea. And Jordan Peele's like, no, that's not what it is. And I was like, <laughs> where it was just like, he's saying that Rose is doing that to basically taunt Chris into finding out mm-hmm. because she knows he's not going to get out of this because she is do. one spiteful bitch and she, too, she, we she, find she out. wants to torture him she's the coldest of them right. all she yeah. literally wants to torture him and this is a great way to do it Yeah. yeah. so yeah that's when we start the because um, he's like let's get out of here and then she's like give me the keys yeah. where are those keys Rose <laughs> where are those keys <laughs> and she's like you know I can't give you the keys so after, oh. I can't like, give you yeah. the keys babe can't the keys, babe. <laughs> it's so good, but like I, I like watching it the second time. It's like she's looking for like a comedy. Like it's like, <laughs> it's like how 20. big is this bag? It's like a TARDIS. Where's, where are your keys? Yeah. So then they knock. She's him pulling out. out like magician scarves. And <laughs> <laughs> they knock. The him trombone out. comes out. <laughs> they knock him out, and uh, he wakes up in front of a vintage TV and kind of miss TVs being part of the furniture. Oh, yeah. Like, even yeah. when I was a kid, it was like, yeah, i got to get wood on this TV. Got to yeah. put in a wood box. Let's just surround it with wood. Yeah. The like, whole thing. Mm-hmm. You know what we should do? We should take the TV, surround it with wood, and then surround that with wood. Yeah. The whole room should be wood. <laughs> everything wood. And then there's the uh, deer trophy, the buck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, Again. Right across and there's bucks, too, all in the house and everything. Yeah, there's everywhere. a lot of texture, which kind of also goes into, like, the whole... Um, Taxidermy is creepy. Mm-hmm. Yes, especially um, when it's real human taxidermy. Yeah, mm-hmm. calls back to Psycho too. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, then he watches a little informational video, <laughs> which is funny because when the first time I saw it, all I could think was Lost. Like the the video. Did you guys watch Lost? No. no. Oh, okay. There's there's a once the reveals start happening in Lost, there's a bunch of videos that are like that that they find on the island. And then, like, Jordan Peele confirmed it for me. He's like, yeah, this is kind of like an homage to Lost. I was like, yes! <laughs> but it does. It's that vintage video. See, I, I thought of, like, the Fallout games. Like, Yeah, it does, yeah. it's the same kind of thing, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. Where it's this found footage almost. Oh, yeah, creepy, I mean, you get, fucking weird. I love that they used an old TV for that. Mm-hmm. And when they, like, that it's the old tube TV with the, when, you know, I don't know what you call that, the way the screen looks, how it's so, you know, the little lines and stuff, like. Oh, it, oh, just like, just, I mean, it's. it's just because it, it's a tube TV, I yeah, guess. Yeah. yeah. We, we know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. yeah. But it, <clears throat> it makes the footage that much like creepier, yeah, and then and it's Grandpa, it's you mm-hmm. know who's now Walter, but um, and uh, he's talking, he says stuff about like uh, we want to get you know create perfection, use your merge your natural gifts with our determination, which is like 
like cribbed from a Hitler speech pretty yeah, much. It's like, so racist. But it feels like these racists are like, I mean, we're not those racists though. Right, I mean, like, right. What, what we're doing mm-hmm. is good. We're doing something that's going to help everybody. Right. Well, not you, but it's going to help everybody else. <laughs> but, yeah. But people with money. People with money. Who matter. Money. Who matter. Yeah. Right. But we're not racists. Yeah. Well, again, it gets into that whole thing where it's like, you know, like class too. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, and racism. And I mean, the movie's pretty literally about slavery, which is... Yeah. It's literally about slavery. Yeah. Uh, but then it's also, I mean, again, it... But it, it's so also about modern racism and how all that blends together and how it leads into where we are today. Oh, yeah, know? completely. Because yeah. these people don't see themselves as racist. Right. Like, mm-hmm. If you walked in, they literally kidnap black people, take their brains out of their bodies, throw it in the garbage, and put a white person's brain in the body. But if you said the N-word, they'd be offended. Like, <laughs> you do not use that word. <laughs> you know, it's, it's this... They're the kind of... They're, they're more... The, they're the kind of people who, when Obama got elected president, they were like, so is this the end of racism? Yeah. It's like, no, no, it's not the end of racism. Well, it, it's, they kind of care more about, like, sort of the appearances of mm-hmm. not being racist. Hey, there's some stuff I want to get into probably, like, after we get done with kind of with the plot, but they, they care more about that than actually... You know, helping they don't, black they, people. They don't want racism to be a thing, so they're going to say, "Well, racism isn't a thing here," mm-hmm. so that I don't have to talk about it. Yeah, right. even though it's a hundred percent a thing. Like anyone, any older white man talking to a younger black man, if you want to suggest for a second that there's not some level of racism involved in this conversation, mm-hmm. you're both liars. Well, yeah, like, it's 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 everywhere. Yeah. yeah, every part of our society. Right. No matter how much you want to pretend it's not, damn. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Rod uh, is like, I'm going to go to the cops. So he he lays the whole plot of the movie, which is you know we've described till now, and Except to the cop sex slaves. Yeah, he, he's bringing up sex slaves, and there's this black woman cop, and um, she's like, hold on. Okay. And she brings in two other guys. They sit there and they listen to his whole story s- straight face. And then when he gets to the end, they just bust up laughing. Mm-hmm. Like, which what is- she say, "Don't tell me I never do anything for you." Yeah, so, that, right. so funny. Which you know, I mean that yeah, yeah, that's what would happen if you don't have any proof. And like, it's just because like at the beginning when he says, uh, you know, oh my boy Chris is missing, and yeah. she goes, oh your boy's missing, and she pulls out a pad of paper and whatever. He's like, oh no no no, no. he's he's my friend. Chris, yeah. mm-hmm. he's been missing for two days, and she's like, "Who gives a shit?" Yeah. Basically, yeah. like, yeah. oh, so an adult you haven't heard from in two days? Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know? And then he tries to explain to her why it's important that it's you know silly. You yeah, know, it's, <laughs> it sounds sound silly. Sound yeah. silly. You know, um, one flaw I did notice in the movie is um, he has a Windows phone. No one has those. And they, they all have Windows phones. They all Chris have Windows, has a Windows phones. phone, dude. No black dude in the world has a Windows phone. <laughs> well, nobody has a Windows no phone. No one has a Windows anymore. Right, exactly. <laughs> and everyone uses Bing. So the movie, like, clearly, right. product time wins Microsoft, but no one uses it, Bing. Yeah, the product, the Microsoft product time is because, like, her, all the laptops are Microsoft. Sure. Like, Surface laptops. They use Microsoft phones. They're using Bing <laughs> as a search engine. Yeah, like, this, it made me think, this is an alternate universe. <laughs> that yeah. explains all the weird mad science. This yeah. is an alternate universe where this is possible. Right. And Google isn't a dude, thing. Go back to the edit menu and drag it down to copy then paste oh this is so trippy i like it oh yeah and then he tries calling rose up 
And she's again is stone cold. Uh, again, the facial acting in yeah. this movie, where it's the exact opposite, where yes. you know her voice is like very. That'd like, be oh hard. my god, what's going on? Emotional, but her face is dead. Because yeah. that's one of the first things you kind of learn to do as an actor, too. Right. Like, <clears throat> some, you know, is like, oh, you got to convey with your face and this, that. And you're trying to do the, she's doing See, the opposite. This scene is so creepy and so funny. Chris left yeah. two days ago. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, wait, you haven't seen, I can't even do it. Yeah. I'm like trying <laughs> to keep my face straight. It's like, I can't. It's so it's, good. It, yeah. Yeah. She's, she's yeah so yeah. Rod stops and he's like, hold on, I'm going to record this. And he's like, yes, yeah, so Chris left two days ago. And she's like. And she's not stupid. She's like, she's like, Rod, I know you've been into me. Because she knows that like, he's recording it now. Right, yeah. And so how this is going to play? She's like, you're trying to fuck me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, and, you know, and it, like how the racial elements play well, in the courtroom and, and stuff. Where it's like, she, she gets him really uncomfortable and he hangs up and immediately he's like, oh shit, she's a genius. Damn it. <laughs> where it's just like, she got him to stop recording. Yeah. Because she made him really uncomfortable with this idea of... You know, him wanting to fuck her and him knowing, oh shit, now I'm recording this. Yeah. 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 Fuck. I have to stop recording this. Yeah. And then um, Stephen Root pops on the TV, explains to Chris uh, they're getting brain swapped, and it makes a certain sense. He's like, this is part of it, too, is you have to understand what's happening so your brain will understand it when my brain takes over. Yeah. And there'll be a tiny little piece of your brain there, but most of it's going to be my brain. So you'll still be around, you'll have some form of consciousness, but you're not in the driver's seat. Yeah. It's like this whole fucking, and he's just like, "Well, I'm done now." Yeah. And he turns to somebody off screen and is like, "I'm done." And then they turn the TV <laughs> off, and it's like, ah, "Well," he asked me, "He's like, why black people?" And he's like, "I don't know." Yeah. Right? And, like, and like, and for Stephen Root's character, he doesn't care at all. He doesn't mm-hmm. give a shit. He doesn't care at all. It's just like, no, it just happens to be black people. I just want your eyes. And they have, like, a really tight close-up on the TV screen mm-hmm. where you can see, like, the the pixels in his yeah, face. Yeah, Where it's just like, I just want your eyes. I just want those things you see through. Yeah. And it's like, Bleh. Well, and... Well, yeah. And, and it's also, it's, like, kind of like, they're like, oh, it's more, like, humanitarian or something, too. And it's like, I don't... Did no. you ask anybody about this? Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, because that's, like, the whole thing, too. Like, if you look at, like... Is early history of America, like the founding fathers who owned slaves, like Thomas Jefferson, they're like, it's better for them. So, right. Yeah. Did, did you ask? Did you? Otherwise, they'd be mm-hmm. living in Africa. Have you seen Africa? Mm-hmm. I mean, the gorgeous <laughs> open paradise where they live they, freely they and live do whatever freely, they want, yeah. whatever they want? The, oh, yeah, that sounds like hell. They've yeah. got giraffes there, dude. Like, <laughs> you know? Come on, man. You ever seen a giraffe? They're majestic as shit. So, and then Chris is like kind of fingering, because um, he's been like kind of clawing at the overly stuffed chair. Right, as he, part of his, that's the thing they've come back yeah. to a bunch of times is because he's not smoking. That's yeah. like his tick, is that he's yeah. constantly mm-hmm. scratching, but it also ties into how he reacted when he was really nervous when his mom yeah. was not coming home, is this scratching, scratching, scratching. I just eat tons of sunflower seeds. Yeah, since I quit smoking. It's super easy, though, guys. I just suck dick. (laughs) I never smoked, though. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But don't want to start. (laughs) Don't want to start, because then my teeth will get weird, and the guys will be like, what? I'm not putting my dick in there. Yeah, but but preemptively, I suck a lot of dick. Stop me from smoking. Let's just make it clear to everyone listening. So, but he's grabbing the stomach. And that comes into play in a few minutes. <laughs> it does, does it? So yeah, because so they 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 keep playing the the her swirling the tea around on the TV to knock him out. 
But this time he stuffed the stuffing from the chair. Which we don't know. Yeah, we don't know it yet. Because he fakes everybody out and like pretends to fall over. Yeah, and the brother comes in and he unties him to like put him in a wheelchair. He's like, oh, he's unconscious. And he grabs a croquet ball and just smacks him in the Crushes dome. his fucking head. The, yeah. the whitest possible weapon. <laughs> The only way it could have been whiter is if he took a full glass gallon of milk and hit him over that with a mayonnaise. (laughs) Drown him in mayonnaise. So, yeah, then he grabs the buck off the wall Mm -hmm. and he fucking antlers uh, the dad. It's so great. It's just because it's like, it's so awkward. Yeah. But it's so really brutal. Cu- real cumbersome. Like, one goes into his, like, up underneath his jaw, yeah. and a couple go into his chest, and it's just so brutal. Yeah. And you feel, there's something about when a villain in a movie doesn't just die, but mm-hmm. dies, like, brutally. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cathartic. Angrily. Yeah, it's so cathartic. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, burn <laughs> to death, bleed, you fucker. And it's so, like, yes! And, and, Cheering in yes. the audience <laughs> when that happened. Yeah. Well, and then uh, he goes upstairs. He, Catherine Keeter's like, huh? As he stayed you here, and they both die for the teacup. Yeah. Um, she puts a, the letter opener through his hand, and he fucking puts it in her eye. Yeah. And then uh, the brother comes back upstairs. Like he's like going to the door. It's like kind of a jump scare. Who we just thought he was dead. We thought he, he was, was dead because he was a pool of his own blood. With his blood. eyes open, yeah. like. <laughs> Not moving, but turns out not. He's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he fucking kicks. It's not his him. first head injury. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he kickstomps him to death, yeah. which is just brutal. Like it's not even on camera, which is like which makes it worse in a way. It does, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And then, but I love how he like tricks him too. The the when when they're wrestling and he's kicking the door, and Chris actually kind of like faints. Not not faints, but he tricks him into kicking his leg out again so he can stab him with the letter yeah. opener. Yeah. And it's like it's beautiful because it's that like like rebuttal of the idea that, you know, oh well white people are smarter than black people. White people are always gonna have the upper hand. We're always gonna we've got determination, you know, like as a before. And it's like, no, fuck you. <laughs> you're a dumbass. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna stick your leg out again and when I put a letter opener in it, I'm gonna knock you to the ground, I'm gonna kickstart your fucking head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then we see Allison Williams listening to the whitest song possible. <laughs> Eating uh, Fruit Loops, taking bites of individual Fruit Loops the while most fucking, drinking milk out of a straw. Yeah, basic bitch white song. I had the time of my life from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> well, this is, another, this is another flaw that I've ever seen. Hmm. So, she's sitting on the bed and in the background are all the pictures that Chris saw in the closet yeah. all hung up on the wall and framed. It's like, when this bitch do that? <laughs> Did she do that like as soon as he fell out? She went upstairs and went, well, I'm going to frame all these. I'm going to put them on my wall now. Maybe she has framed copies that as soon as her, you know, boyfriends are dispatched, she hangs back up. But then why wouldn't Chris look at all the empty nails on the walls? Right, and exactly. And say, hey... Right. Maybe she has maybe she has dummy photos she hangs up other times. It's just yeah. a bunch of pictures of her on a roller coaster. Too many coaster. questions. Too many shades. <laughs> too many questions. No. Yeah. I did like when he turned a, a doll away from himself on the nightstand because <laughs> it had a nanny cam sort of feel about mm-hmm. it. Um, and then Granny comes out to stop him. He hits her with the car and he's like, oh shit, there's like 
some poor black girl in there. And so well, you, you see like, the flash of like, like his mom. there's still somebody alive in yeah. there. The remembrance of his mom, and he's like, "Fuck!" And mm-hmm. you know, Chris is still a good person, so he's gonna go try and save her. Yeah, wrong call. Yeah, and then <laughs> she gets her in the car and she starts flipping out. And he crashes. You ruined my house. <laughs> that so lady the- would be. Worked up about her house over her family. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then he, uh, yeah, Rose is, has a, a bolt-action rifle, and she starts taking pot shots, and uh, and then Grandpa shows up. Get her, Grandpa. Yeah, <laughs> and he uh, gives him with a camera flash, mm-hmm. and then he plays it all smooth. He's like, let me take care of it. He takes the gun from her, he shoots her in the belly, and then he blows his brains out. Mm. Which, they do that little feint of, is he going to shoot Chris? Nope. So then Chris starts strangling her on the ground And she starts being like Oh Chris, no, I I love you actually And it's weird And then like you see the red and blue lights No, 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 but you skip the the creepiest ass thing In the whole goddamn movie Oh, she starts smiling She starts smiling (laughs) at him While he's straight Fucking psycho (laughs) Because it's, to me, in my head I thought of it as like She's smiling because he's proving that he's less than her. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna you're succumbing to your animal instincts. You're becoming this wild animal. This is a this woman beast. whose entire family is dead, and she's like she cannot stop. She's still right. going after because this that's guy. All she, but that's yeah. the thing is that's all she's known ever. That's yeah. What she's, we're presuming she's been trained to do her entire life. Yeah. And so like her family doesn't matter. Freak, yeah. yeah. Right. Her family doesn't matter. This is what I do. Mm-hmm. And then the cops show up. Well, yeah, you think, but then it's... Uh, and so does she, because she starts doing the, help me. Yeah. Help. <laughs> he, he, oh, he went crazy. Oh, poor white lady. It, but it's also a ties in that scene with the cop earlier, when you're like, oh, the cops in this town, they're fucking racist. Well, and, and I guess that... Um, Jordan Peele was going to end it like with the cops show oh. up, but um, well, the original scene is yeah, the original scene is is a bummer. It's such a bummer yeah. because like the cops show up and he gets arrested, and then it's like six months later, and, and Rod's visiting him in prison, and yeah, it's just like no, no. It would have been such a down <clears throat> note. I, yeah. I, I heard um, this would have been one of the you the know, Bloomhouse guy talking about this, yeah. and and it was he because uh, obviously it's a really successful move, but that was his note, I guess, is like we should end this on an up note, and I'm yeah, really glad they did. You that's know? the difference I think in this movie between it being a horror movie where people go, "Wow, that was that was a really good movie," mm-hmm. and it getting nominated for best picture. Yeah, right. Because when because it leaves like that, you have that heroic. Yay! Yeah, well, yeah well, it's, it's like, so it's dark like throughout. To, uh, Even though right. it's fun, it's such a dark. Well, we story. talked about that yeah. in um, when we did the Dawn of the Dead episode. Originally, at right. the end of Dawn of the Dead, they, everyone kills like Peter and Fran kill themselves, and it's like it's already dark enough. And he's yeah. like, "Let's do it this way." And it like I was glad to not have a Night of the Living Dead ending in this movie. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, the and cops just show up and just shoot him. Yeah. Like, that's another one for the fire. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, I guess I'm going to go home and cry. Yeah. Instead, we get Rod shows up. You see, he opens the door and it says, Airport Security. Yeah. And they just sit quietly in the car and Rod like, goes, I told you not to go in that house. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was great, too, the first time I saw it because... Uh, like the pro behind me was like, 
TSA. Like, he was going to say it like FBI, like Keanu Reeves and fucking Point Break. I am an FBI agent! He does essentially say, TS motherfucking A. This shit is handled. And that's the end of the movie. So this movie is a... And then the music plays again. Oh. And, so good. An unexpected hit for um, everyone involved. is Jordan Peele's first movie. <clears throat> it was expected to do... They were like, we'd be happy if it does about $30 million. It did over $100 million domestically. Yeah, it's a really successful body switch comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't this a sequel to Vice Versa? Yeah. <laughs> It's Black Freaky Friday. It takes it takes place in the Freaky Friday universe. Right? Well, father um, and son actually. No, yeah. it's it's funny because like a lot of people. So many of those movies. A lot of people talk about like, oh my god, he's got this comedy background. This is his first movie, but you know, comedy is hard. <laughs> like good comedy, especially really solid satire, like what Key and Peele do. That was quite a training ground. To, mm-hmm. to pull this movie off, you know, yeah. and to see to see somebody with a comedy background doing a horror movie that's not like nominated for an Oscar and he's black on top of it, like it's just the coolest thing. There's ever. so many successes here. Yeah. And it's nice too because watching this movie, being horror fans like we all are, you can tell Jordan Peele has watched a whole fuckload of horror movies. Yes. Right. And he loves them. Yes. You know, because there are tropes throughout all of this, but they're all none like... None of it the, feels tired. None of it feels tired. They're yeah. all the good kind of tropes. They're all the things, the, the weird, creepy things happening at night and like... Yeah, the, not references <laughs> to stuff, but definitely things you can see that were inspired by right. things. Yeah, it's it like, never feels derivative. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah, but you could definitely tell like, he's seen in face of the body snatchers, mm-hmm. Stepford, Stepford Wives. Wives. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and there's a lot of that coming back again and again and again. And all of it works. Every single... Part of it works. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for the stupid pictures at the end in the background. <laughs> I missed two that. Machetes. Yeah, that two is yeah. <laughs> worse um, than Friday the Thirteenth Four. Just wait until we get to the. Well, and I, I thought like kind of an interesting theme that I picked up on this. Some, I made notes on my work notepad because I was <laughs> thinking about it. It's working. Um, part of it. It's interesting because the parents are sort of white baby boomer liberals and. Uh, a big thing about like sort of the left or if you could call it that but like liberalism in the the 60s a lot of it had to do with self-improvement which this movie is very much about that's how they see things like you know you think of like yoga and um, meditation that kind of thing Mm -hmm. being like a way to you know affect change in the 60s was seen as a big tool of it I mean here they're taking it to a whole other level but it's also was kind of turning its back on I mean there, there was a mass movement in the 60s but most of it involved ending the Vietnam War but, like, a lot of the stuff with, like, race, it was like, oh, just don't be racist. Like, that was the solution. <laughs> right. In terms of, like, instead of, like, improving the material conditions of black people's like lives. poor and, people just have more money. Right. Right. So that's what you got to do to not be poor. Well, as long as, like, money. I'm not making it worse for you right. by being a jerk, and, 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 and I'm I, doing my part, yeah. And I think they see that is like you know I think that's a big kind of Their theme. contribution. Right. Yeah. Instead, you know, they're like, well, I'm not racist, you know. I, I abduct black people and I scoop their brain out. I throw them in the trash and you know. But and, and, but I voted for Obama. But I voted for Obama <laughs> twice. I'd have voted for him a third time. Mm-hmm. You know, made everything okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's the appearances of change over any sort of actual change. You know, it's mm-hmm. like 
well, Trump wants to build a border wall. Well, they should put solar panels on that thing. It's like, it's not, uh, I don't know, maybe he just shouldn't build it. Like, or not build it. Or not build it. It's you know. fine. Um, can't believe we went that long without saying Trump. Yeah. Well, that's actually, another, well, that's actually um, something else that's interesting. This movie uh, debuted at Sundance four days after Trump was inaugurated. But um, I think it's interesting that um, the movie was in production in like 2015. So it was in, in production during the Obama years yeah. and before Trump had even, you know, or maybe at the very beginning when he announced mm-hmm. his candidacy. Mm-hmm. But it was going on way before the election. But the movie feels so much mm-hmm. like I don't think the success was right place, right time. I think it's a great movie, but it definitely feels like it was made for to come out, you know. Right, right yeah. now. Right, it yeah. was supposed to come out right now, and even it, though it was made before any of this shit yeah. went pear shapes. But I do think it's, it is sort of interesting that the movie was conceived of during the Obama years, yeah. mm-hmm. too, you know, because, I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about before. Race was still an issue during the Obama years, and, yeah. like, when he was elected, like, there was certain of, like, a, hey, maybe racism isn't a thing anymore, and it's mm-hmm. like, nope, <laughs> nope. Then we, <laughs> then we elected a president who's pretty much openly racist, yeah. like, afterwards, so. Mm-hmm. So yeah. any any doubts you had, it's <laughs> alive and well. There you go, right back at the White House. Yeah. Do we want to get into the segments? Yeah, I guess we can. I mean, this movie hasn't influenced anything yet. Um, it you know, will. It will. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I... Genuinely, after watching this movie three times, in twice in the last like forty eight hours, mm-hmm. thir- well three days, I think I genuinely think this is going to be on that Halloween Rosemary's Baby like that level of horror movie. Yeah, we'll talk about this for fifty years. Well, it is going yeah. to have an impact on an entire like legion of filmmakers coming well, after and, this. and also it's it's a it's a black horror movie mm-hmm. in, in a way that you know not all yeah it, there, there have been plenty of examples before i mean blackula is, is a good movie by the way people <laughs> uh just throw that out there but like it's um it's also but written and directed by you know an african-american and you know with you know sort of the primary cast or the protagonist certainly and like in doing this well that's good and it also just inspires a whole new generation of people who might not just identify with the jock who gets killed you know right. 20 minutes into Friday the 13th right. part 3 you know right. like, or the white virgin girl who kills the murderer at the end it's like right. yeah that's not really me you know, know it, it, it's also kind of... just like I love a horror film that has so much more to say than any like prestige picture Right, like it more effectively. Kind of what I was saying before, but it's 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 actually like this year. Looking at the Oscar nominations between this and Shape of Water, there are like there's a monster movie (laughs) and like a horror movie. A a horror movie about mad science. Like let's not mince words here. This is a mad science movie. Yeah, and there's like this year at the Oscars. I mean, we'll see how it does. You know, probably some bullshit will win. I'll be mad, but like. It's like it's a bad year for the prestige pictures, like yeah. you know these period piece movies that everyone forgets about a year from now. Yeah. It's like they're they didn't do well. Like uh, I think Meryl Streep's the only one nominated from the post. I think. Yeah. You know, like, but so I think it's really good. I was kind of he- a little hesitant to do this movie just because there's a lot going on here and like we're all white. But you know, every newspaper critic of the country wrote about it, so I'm like. <laughs> I feel- Feel like I could say my piece. Like a graveyard smash can get in there. And <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Their weight behind it. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the segments. Alrighty. Do it. Hottest titties. Ah, fuck. 
Uh, <laughs> I have nothing written down See, for this. See, I, I think Elsa Williams is pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Although, I mean, that black cop, big old titties. Oh, God, Dan. I mean, that, no, I mean if we're going to be really explicit about it, yes. I think those are the biggest titties. Yeah, I um, mean... I'm going to give it to Georgina. <laughs> That's the most upsetting answer. I, I think I, I think I'm going to go with Allison Williams because that's the most upsetting answer because she is a straight monster. She's an attractive yeah, woman. Though. It's easier to sexualize her than poor Georgina, though. Yeah, because like, yeah, that's like an old lady. Yeah. 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 Uh, best hair. I'm gonna. I just am gonna give it to Jerry altogether. Messy ponytail, little mustache. Okay. See, it's interesting, like doing a movie that's like a, a contemporary film because mm-hmm. you don't have like the like you know weird um, '80s haircuts and stuff. <laughs> but I really like the party. There's a guy I describe as uh, caricature of Colonel Sanders. He has this like gigantically fat face. And like a little tiny turtle yes. face. Yeah. He's like a little oh, Colonel Sanders goatee. He's the one who's talking about how uh, black, uh, is, in black is in fashion. His face is like such a tiny it looks portion like a of tiny, his head. It's like if you painted Colonel Sanders and like... A pumpkin. Yeah. <laughs> like only use the size of a quarter to do it. Yeah, right. It's so good. I love that look. Uh, best hair for me, I think, is... Um, Oh, I just had it too. Oh no, it's it's when Rose pulls her hair back into a ponytail. Yeah. yeah. Which when she with the slick like, back bangs. when she gets evil. Yeah. And she has to physically transform yes. herself. And I'm like, Yep, that bitch is evil. Yeah. Before she had that ponytail up, no, she's fine. Once now she's evil. She got rid of those carefree bangs. Right. And yeah. now she's just all about the ponytail. She's all about she business. She's all business, yeah. Right. Uh, best death. Um so someone else start. Well, it's kind of nice because we've done a few movies in a row where there actually wasn't that many people who died. Like, we did The Wicker Man and The Critters, and um, I, I was kind of spoiled for choice here. I mean, there are a lot of good ones. I put wrote down the kick-stopping of the brother. Yeah. I, I thought that was just really brutal. Like, not super violent, not the most violent death, but just really you felt it. Mm-hmm. You also, you just wanted him to die from the minute you saw him, mm-hmm. too. Like, yeah. I, I think the the... It's such a. This is so weird because in all the other movies we've done, Best Death is always like it's the one that's the most gruesome, or it's the one that's the most like crazy or whatever. Yeah. And this one, my favorite death is Rose because she mm-hmm. dies alone. Yeah. <laughs> because she yeah. dies there on the road, eyes open, watching Street. him leave her, expecting to die that by the herself. police were about to come and just, save her. Yeah. And it's just like, yes, fuck you, die I have- alone. I have her written down. I have the stag stab written down. Stag stab. But I also like thinking about <laughs> Stephen Root with <laughs> missing the top of his head, burning to death. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Like, like, imagine if he woke up a little early. Like, what's that smell? Huh? What's going on? His brain's on? exposed. Right, his brain's exposed. Close to flames. Oh, that's a great one. I love that's that. Good. I'm gonna be thinking that's about good that answer. for a long time. <laughs> I couldn't stop thinking about him when they were like, like Chris is escaping the house. I'm like, there's Stephen Root down there burning to death. <laughs> Nothing to cover his brain. <laughs> uh, scariest scene. The scariest scene for me is something we didn't talk about, and I actually I think I know what you're gonna say. I actually gasped in the theater when it happened when Chris comes into the house. After first, 
I think it's right after he first talks to uh, Logan. Yeah. And he comes into the house and he walks up the stairs. Yes. And everyone stops having their conversation instantly. It, yeah. It and they all start like, like looking up and following his footsteps yes. as he goes through the house. And I was like, <gasps> How did they even coordinate that? <laughs> It doesn't even look like people when they're doing that. It was, it's unreal. It was amazing. Well, and it's the first time you realize those people are all in on whatever's happening right. there. You, yeah, you think they're all just like yeah. creepy white people and they're and all like kind of shitty yeah. and shitty. But then when that happens, when he walks past and all the conversations stop, you're like, oh, he's yeah. fucked. He is fucked because everyone's in on it. Yep. Seriously, I don't know. I mean, there's. Do you want me to go? Yeah, go. Cool. Okay. I have that written down, mm-hmm. too, because it, it's like, it is unsettling. Their faces, it, the way the way it's choreographed, the way they all stop on the turn of a dime, you know, like, um, the first time with the spoon, and when she says sink into the floor, is all super unsettling. My scariest scene, though, is when he takes the picture of Logan and the camera goes off and it and his like sound is on because that is like my worst nightmare. <laughs> when you do something like, that shit, shitty shit. <laughs> like take a photo of someone and get caught. Not the same night we saw this, but the at the theater we saw this at at a different location, a friend's ex wife is at the theater and I sneakily took a picture of her. It was really <laughs> funny, but I'm really glad the camera didn't go. I would have been mortified. Like <laughs> Um, scary scene for me. I mean, when Chris, I, I if I had to go back to it, like the first time I watched it, because it's like a different experience. Um, maybe when you find out when she just has the keys, and you, you're like, it's like this isn't gonna go well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's when you because up until that point, I never believed. Like I knew something was messed up. I believed her family was bad. You know, almost from the get go. But I really never until yeah she until reveals she herself, reveals she's I, like I've got the keys right here you yeah. know I can't give them to you that's bad <laughs> bad yeah that's that's yeah it, it the I think the hard part too is the second time watching this I was tense the entire time yeah and that's how I really knew this was some this movie was really something special because I know what's gonna happen. Yeah. And I'm still freaked out. Yeah. yeah. And I was freaked out the whole right. time. And it kind of like I don't know, it it, it it made it really hard to pick one specific thing. Like when I gasped, that was the first time I watched yeah. it. Yeah. The second time, everything is fucking yeah. everything is horrifying. Well, there's so many more layers to it, pick up it, on. It's like we talked about this with the Wicked too. Like what's so good about this is, you know, there's a plot twist and everything a kind of, I wouldn't even say it's really a plot twist, but it's well, yeah. But it, in this or the Wicker Man, in this, oh, I, yeah. I mean, like it's everything. The plot le- twist is Rose. Yeah, I guess, but it's it's like the whole plot of the movie kind of leads to that point. And when you watch it a second time, it's like the only thing that makes sense, right? Like yeah. kind of like the Wicker Man. And yeah. in both cases, it's so much fun. It's like a different movie, but that's like really good when you. It's still really good when you watch it the second time, like. A lot of horror movies are like a plot twist, and you, it's like, oh, it's his brother that's the killer, and it's like that's kind of stupid or yeah. whatever. Like even if it's like a little shocking, the, the, the Wicker Man is another great example of a movie that is totally different the second time mm-hmm. you watch it. Yes, because like the first time you watch it, you're like, what the fuck is mm-hmm. happening? And the second time you watch it, you all of these, all the subtext, all of the extra layers all come out, and you're just like, like 
mesmerized the whole time yeah. to see everything that's happening it, around it's, him. It's a plot twist, but watching it again, that's where the movie had to go. Right. Like, it's, yeah. it, it makes complete sense, and nothing else would. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's, not, it's no, nothing cheap or anything like that. Would you survive? Yeah, because I'm white. <laughs> if, if I was, let's say, if I was Chris... If I was, I don't, I don't know. I would say I would say no. I would not, because maybe this is being a woman, but there's a certain like politeness level and like not being able to speak up that we get tricked into that I know I would have fallen prey to. Mm-hmm. So I'd say no. I think yeah. They, I mean, if I was Chris, I'd probably say no. I, 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 I think I'm like a little too polite. Yeah. I don't know. It depends. How good of a lay is Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> There's a decent chance I'd be drunk a lot of the time, <laughs> and it would just be really this, easy. This, this is this was the hardest thing when I was thinking about the segments. This is the hardest thing I could think because this is very much one of those movies where I was like, I feel like I would do the things that Chris did. I feel like I'd do the smart and right things, but when it came down to brass tacks of like. Okay, but to get out of the house and survive, you gotta kill like four people. Yeah. Like, there's no way you survive this movie without, without killing, killing your way at out least of the three house. or four people. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, hey, yeah I'd probably See, die. I think I'd probably die somewhere upstairs. Like, her brother would choke me out <laughs> yeah. or something. See, I'm, I'm less worried about like being able to kill those people than like. Being able to be impolite enough to like leave. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's the part where I think. Yeah, I. Would, oh shoot! I tore up. Their, I would just their, make their chair. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I would make excuses for whatever like paranoia I was feeling. Right, but that's the same thing Chris does. Yeah, Chris mm-hmm. does the same thing in the movie. He makes excuses and he says, "Oh no, you're probably right. It's nothing." And he does yeah. that again and again well, and, and again and again. You know, and, and early in the movie too, like we, like there's so much. Like I'm glad we did this relatively concisely, but like you know, Allison Williams simply concisely. And like Allison Williams early on, she's like, "Oh, can you believe my dad said this?" And then he's like, "Dude, just forget about it. Like it's just some old white dude. Like who cares?" Because you know? he because like he's forward. It's like, can you believe my dad said that? He's like, "Yeah." Yeah, yeah, I, I can, can because he's an old white dude. And I've been I'm a dealing black with guy. this my whole life. I've been dealing with yeah. it literally since I was born. Yeah. So yes, I can yes. believe that. Um, this is moving better than Friday the Part Four. Yes, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, how many machetes did you get in this movie? Um, I'm giving it five. I I I feel that's like what I'm wrestling with. I feel like this is going to be mm. on par with some of the greatest horror films I'm going to say, because I've already watched it several times, I'm going to go ahead and give it five as well. A lot of what I rate movies on this is rewatchability. and Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Those are your only five. No. Oh, Halloween? Halloween. And then I actually I gave Texas Chainsaw Massacre a five as well, but not when we initially recorded it, but now retroactively I've given it a five. And I also gave The Wicker Man a five. Okay. So, but those are, I mean, that's good company. Yeah. That's good company to be in. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I feel like I need to see it a couple more times to say for sure, but it's like a five or like a four and three quarter. Like, yeah. it, it's... Is it a five or is it a four and three quarters, man? <laughs> Let's go five. Yes! <laughs> oh, I think that's the only one that's, that's been... only... Aces. I think that might be the that only... we've done on the show. Definitely the only movie that everyone has agreed on. Yeah. Like, fully... On a score, but I don't. I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, yeah. I would. I the, one of the things Elise said before 
we started recording was this movie is so rewatchable. I could literally we could sit down and watch it right now. Yeah, I could, about I could sit hours, down and watch it. I could watch it yeah. right now. Yeah. I have no problem with it. Well, it, it's like like. I say, like, I was a little hesitant to do this movie, but also, when I first saw this movie in the theater, I was excited to talk about it. I was like, I want to do this movie yeah. eventually, mm-hmm. too. But, um, yeah. It was amazing. Um, if you haven't seen it, and I don't know why you ruined the movie. Yeah, we've totally ruined uh, <laughs> It's a real weird choice in a podcast, but you know there are literally thousands of podcasts. <laughs> Hundreds of thousands of podcasts. the best horror movies ever made. <laughs> I don't know why you would listen to this. But, um, and, and if you you've idiot. just found this episode because you're like excited about a movie now made for an Oscar and you've seen it and stuff, check out our other episodes, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Twitter, or whatever. Jesus Christ, what? Worst at promoting yourself. <laughs> no, Elise is worst at promoting her, ourselves because she just doesn't do it. So, <laughs> so you know, um, yeah. Are you putting this on the internet? After it's recording it? Oh, wait, this is going to be on the internet? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't ask my permission to record <laughs> Oh, fuck, I forgot. God damn it. Too late. Oh, no. All no right, we were just um, going to email it to me so I could list it later. All right, uh, keep it spooky, everybody. <laughs>